Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the winds were against them. About the fourth watch of the night, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because all that all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood that about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. Fantastic. Good morning, everyone. Drew, have I got this thing switched on? All right. Good. Excellent. Uh, as David has said, my name's Etienne, and uh, yeah, it's great to be here. While um, others are enjoying the sun in Byron Bay, uh, some of us have to stay behind, don't we? <laughs> uh, I am going to preach a sermon that's really part of a series of sermons that we, over the years in, in, in Devonport, just come back to. Uh, tracking through the Gospel of Mark, answering the question, who is Jesus? That's what that whole Gospel is about, more or less, and keep seeing new things, deeper and deeper and deeper. So this morning you just get one of those and there's I just say that because I don't want you to think that what is said this morning is who Jesus is. <laughs> There's a lot, lot more to say about this and, and this is just one of those insights uh, that I'll give. The question I want to start with, in fact there's two questions. You'll remember the, the story that Roscoe read to us and I just ask you to grab hold of it in your mind as I ask Two questions. Number one, did this really happen? A man named Albert Schweitzer writes a book, The Quest for the Historical Jesus, and in it he tries to find uh, explainable, or at least um, scientific perhaps, explanations of, of, of what we find in the Gospels about what Jesus did and in this one, Jesus walking on water, he, he says, well, this either must have been um, an optical illusion for the disciples in the boat, maybe he was on a sandbank, maybe in the course of the storm the winds have caused them to drift closer to shore where it looked like they saw Jesus coming to them walking on the water but he really was on the shore. Um, but that's a question, that's, that's a valid question that you have to ask when you read this text. Did, did this happen? It's quite, a, it's quite a strong claim, quite a bizarre claim, really, that Jesus walked on water. Number two, why did it happen? 
You know, you could sort of say as a sceptic, I get a lot of the stuff that Jesus did. Healings, uh, releasing people from spiritual oppression. You know, Jesus wanted restoration, recovery, healing, changing this world to uh, be a better place. But why walk on water? (laughs) You know, how does that help humanity? How how does that sign or wonder in particular uh, help you, help me? Um, Why that... That, that this particular sort of a strange miracle? These are the two questions. Did it happen and, and why did it happen? That I want us to bring to this text and then we're going to walk through it. If you're a new Christian, if you're not a Christian and you're here today, um, bear with me. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig back a fair bit into the story of the Bible. Um, it's a long story. It's a big story. There's some stuff we first have to get there and then... In the end, I really want to get practical and talk to all of us here. You know, what does this change about your life and my life, what we've uncovered? Okay, so a uh, bit, of, bit of book work first and then we'll talk more life after that. We read. If you have your Bible with you, you can turn it to Mark chapter 6. Uh, that Jesus made his disciples get into a boat to go ahead of him while he dismisses the crowd. It's straight after the feeding of the 5,000. It's a big event in Jesus' and his disciples' lives. And then Jesus goes up onto a lakeside, it said, to pray. Now Jesus, in the Gospel of Mark, prays alone without his disciples three times. In the Gospel of Luke, he prays almost all the time alone by himself. In the Gospel of Mark, it's only three times. Interestingly, each of those times... It's in a part of his life where his disciples' understanding of who he is is kind of at risk. They, they're struggling. They, they're just not quite getting who he is. And there's a, there's a risk that they may have a misunderstanding of who he is. And I don't know what Jesus prayed that night on the mountain alone. We, we can't know, but if I... <laughs> Dare I speculate that a big part of this prayer is God help them to get me. (laughs) Help them to get who I am. It's a prayer I think he still prays. He prays for you, he prays for me. Help them to to get who I am. To really understand, to come to ever deepening grasp of who I am. I am who Jesus Christ is. That, that's the prayer. And everything that follows now in this walking on water, I think is an, an answer to that prayer. These disciples, what they're going to find out on that lake is, is somewhat of an answer to, to what Jesus probably prayed, if, 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 if we're right in saying that he prayed each time in Mark alone when, when who he was was going to be misunderstood. Okay. So, disciples goes on the lake, they go ahead of him. Uh, we're talking a six to eight hour paddle, if all goes well, from where they were heading out to where they're going to. And then in the third or fourth watch of the night, I think it said, Jesus walks out to them on the lake while they were straining at the oars. This is 3am to 6am. Things weren't going well. It was a rough, rough voyage. 
hear the exact words. About the fourth watch of the night, he went out to them. Walking on the lake, he was about to pass by them. Why would he pass by them? (laughs) He's the crux and the centre of this whole passage. Did he not recognise them? Was he lost? Why would the writer of this gospel and this passage, out of what he wants us to know from this story, say that Jesus was about to pass by them. They're in trouble if they're going to drown. Why pass by? (laughs) It's strange, isn't it? And and here's where I want us to dig into it because it's, it's remarkable. Earlier in the Bible in a book called Exodus, now we're tracking back in history, some three, four thousand years. In a place called Mount Sinai, a leader of God's people named Moses, through whom he has done remarkable things as he took God's people out of slavery in Egypt and he brings them into the desert and as they sort of sit in that desert, they they are in a tough place too. They're not quite sure who, who this God is who Moses says led them out of Egypt. They, they're struggling whether they can trust him. They, 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 they're not quite sure. And, and, and there we read, this is what God does. God tells Moses, go up onto Mount Sinai, a high mountain, and hear the exact words from Exodus chapter 33, verse 22. When my glory passes by, I'll put you in a cleft in the rock, cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Fast forward a number of years, again on a mountain with a different leader, this time a prophet called Elijah, again at a time where there's great confusion about, in, in the minds of God's people about who he is. <laughs> Elijah climbs a mountain because God tells him to, Mount Horeb, and here's what God says. Go out, Stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by. The book of Job, this is the last Old Testament reference, says this. It's talking about God and it says, He alone stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. He is the maker of the bear and Orion, the Pleiades, the constellations of the south. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. When he passes me, I cannot see him. When he goes by, I cannot perceive him. Job 9 verses 8 to 11. (laughs) On that morning, on that lake, It's the God of Israel, majestic in splendour, the God of Genesis, the creator, who is 
passing by. Those disciples saw nothing short of the glory of God in, in Jesus as he, as he passes by. Who, who, who is this? It's the God of Mount Sinai. It's the God of Mount Horeb. It's the God of Job. It's the Lord of the universe. <laughs> the disciples, for their part, however... They're quite distressed, you know. Perhaps they, they didn't expect this. Perhaps it's just human frailty. But for what it's worth, uh, they're terrified. They're freaked out. They, they, they don't get it. And, and, and then, just as if the curtain hasn't lifted enough to see who Jesus is, he does something more in the next bit. When... when When the disciples are so terrified, Jesus talks to them, he says to them this, he says, take courage, it is I. And then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. A couple of things, your English translation doesn't quite help you uh, so much here, neither does mine for that matter. Take courage, it's me, it's I. That's, That's kind of... How it reads. The Greek text in this is very specific. The actual words they use, that Jesus uses, is ego ami. I am. I am. Again, if you have been in the faith and in the, have known the Bible for a long time, You'll recall those words. <laughs> They're first heard by Moses again <laughs> in the desert before even he goes out to deliver God's people out of slavery. He asks God, or the burning bush at least, I'm not sure if you even knew he talked about, you know, if, if I go to Pharaoh, if I go and religion people, who shall I say has sent me? I am. Who's Jesus. I am. It's the same God from the burning bush, (laughs) same God from Sinai, same God from Horeb. That is who Jesus is. And and, and now you've done the hard work with me here to look back, to just get the significance of why he passes by, why, why it's significant, his answer, it's me, I am. Now, if you... Turn with me to our own lives. I want to talk to you and to me now. What does that matter to us? What does it say to us? I'll give you four things as I close. Number one, God shows himself in the storm. God grants revelation in trial in hardship, in difficulties. I don't know what you're going through in life right now. I don't know, I don't know, can't possibly know how difficult it is. But I would safely assume there's great suffering going on between these pews. Great trials, great storms, great difficulties. 
brother, sister, you will see God in that. I don't know why God allows it. I don't know why God lets us enter into storms in this story. Jesus sent them into that storm. It's he who told them to go on ahead. It's, and he didn't avoid it. He didn't shield them from it. He didn't harbour them from it. He, he sent them into it. And in it, he showed himself. God grows us and he will grow you and, and he, for reasons of his own thinking, will reveal himself to you. It's to Israel in oppression that he reveals that he is the I am. It's to the disciples on the stormy lake and it is ultimately in Jesus on the cross, the greatest storm ever, that the greatest glory of God is revealed. It's how God works. Number one, God shows himself in the storm. Number two, God gives great comfort in the storm. Take courage. I am. I don't know, again, what waves you are seeing, but I, but I know that if you, many of us here today, look over the, 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 the side of the boat, the waves that you are seeing are filling you with all sorts of anxieties, fear, uncertainty. He is. I am. I just pray that you could see that. I pray that God would show you that and me that, that he is, no matter how big the waves, no matter how stinging the pain, how great the fear, how dark the anxiety, he is still God and Lord above it. And I pray that we would see it, that you would hear today those very words that the disciples needed to hear. Take courage, brother. Take courage, sister. He is. I am. Number three. God will calm the storm. In this story, the wind died down and the waters subsided and safety was brought. I've got a Speak carefully here because we believe in something such as the, the now and not yet of the kingdom of God. You know what? Your storm that you are facing today, God may change that in this world. He may take away the cancer. He may lift the depression. He may provide the companion. He may, he certainly can, but even if he does not, he will, he will one day. See, the beauty of the promise of the cross is the new heavens and a new earth. Life's ultimate storm, life's greatest storm, death itself is one that was overthrown. It's a violent chaos that will calm down and we will not know a storm again in a new heavens and a new earth. And you know what's the best news while you face the storm here and now if it doesn't change in this life? You know what's great about this story that we read? For 
Moses, the glory passed by. For, for Elijah, the glory passed by. In Job's story, the glory passed by and the disciples' boat, the glory got in. <laughs> Didn't pass by, got in. The beauty of the cross is that Jesus, I love the way Tim Keller, this preacher and teacher, puts this, he abandons his usual eloquence. He says in the cross, Jesus coming to our world, it's like God literally punched a hole through the roof of the world and he got in and he got into you into your heart, into your life. He is there. He is in the boat. And if it doesn't change, if that storm, whatever it is, does not calm down in this life, he is with you. And he is the great I am. And it will calm down one day. It's a promise. That's number three. Number four, the last thing, We've had God shows himself in the storm, God gives comfort in the storm, God will calm the storm. Lastly, let me go back to the first question in the beginning. If you're here and you're a sceptic, I hear you. Is this really true? Can I really believe that Jesus walked on the water? Here's the question. The question is not, did he really walk on the water? The question is, who was he? If he was the great I am, understood by Christians to be the creator, God of all the world, if he was that, and walking on the water that you have created is not such a big deal. The question is not, could he have done it? The question is, who was he? And so, so friend, if, if, if it's you today, my, my, my simple encouragement is, would you please continue to, to, to wrestle with that question? Uh, I know your church, I know it is your heart's desire to, to share lovingly and greatly the answer to that question, who is Jesus? And as you do so, I pray that many, many would come to consider, come to think, come to wonder who Jesus was and, and, and if, if, if at any point you are confident that he was who he said he was, the Son of God, believe in him. The disciples were completely amazed for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. They needed faith. You need faith. I need faith. Believe that he was who he said he was. Let me pray for us to close. Our God, we confess our struggle to take in and like Children just believe that you are who you say you are. Thank you that you have revealed that to us through the witness of the people in that boat on that night. Thank you that they still speak to us today. Thank you for the storms you allow in our lives. 
I pray for those here who face bitter storms, who are extremely anxious and fearful of what they see, what they feel, what they hear. Jesus, will you, in your mercy, reveal yourself or at least remind us again of who you are. Drive deep into our hearts the truths, the comforting truths that you are the great I am. That it's you who are perhaps passing by. Lord, I pray that you would calm some storms in this church and the lives of those who are part of it. If by any chance, if in any way you can, Lord, we pray that you will bring healing, bring restoration, bring recovery, bring forgiveness, bring friendship, bring godliness, we pray. And Father, I pray for anyone here today who legitimately and deeply struggle with who you are and the claims we make about you. Lord, I pray that you would grant faith. Help us to take that step and believe very simply that you are who you said you were. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.